What am I willing to do to go get it? I push things aside just to go get it. I know my role and I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not quitting. I'm persistent. Welcome back to my re-interview every job occupation A through Z from the trash man to the CEO and ask them why and how they started their professor so that you could find your dream job too. I'm your host Kojo Thompson and today we have a very special guest with us. It is David Siegel. Now David is CEO of Meetup overseeing its global business which has 52 million members hosts 15,000 events daily and has events in 193 countries. David has 20 years of experience leading technology and digital media organizations. Mentoring is important to David and he has been an adjunct professor at Columbia University since 2016. He teaches graduate level courses on strategic planning and entrepreneurship. David has also published articles in Harvard Business Review, Sloan Management Review, CNBC, Business Insider, and Entrepreneur. So David has a lot to share with us here today. So David, shall I proceed? Yes, indeed. All right, David, how are you feeling today? I am feeling even better after that bio. A little embarrassed, but feeling good. Feeling good. Beautiful day outside. I think, I think, David, that we should have a lot of fun here today with your, with all your credentials and everything that you have to offer here today. I think a lot of people are really, really, really looking forward to taking away from what you have to say and all the good advice you have to give. So, David, I think I'm going to get a drum roll going for the amount of people because I think everybody has been waiting for this question all day long, and that is why. Why did you become a CEO, David? <laughs> sure. I think there are probably two primary reasons that I was most interested in becoming a CEO. And I probably was interested in becoming a CEO from a very early age. The first is life is short. And in, in, in my general belief is you want to have as positive an impact on the world as you can. And the more influential you can be, the potentially more of an impact that you can have. And I had just always believed that when you run a company, it's easier, doesn't mean you necessarily will be, but it's easier to be a lot more influential in hopefully making the world a better place and hopefully uh, mentoring people and, and helping people to build their careers than it is if you are potentially more junior. So from uh, wanting to influence the world and have an impact on people's lives, that was one reason why I wanted to become a CEO. And the second is because, you know, there are generalists and there are specialists. So if someone is like an expert in database engineering, that's like mm -hmm. a real expertise. If someone's an expert in statistics, that's an expertise. If someone's an expert in garbage collecting, that's an expertise. And there are some people that love being specialists. For mm -hmm. some reason in life, I've always loved actually knowing about many, many, many different things, but not necessarily being the expert in anything, but seeing how different areas of life tie into one another. So for example, mm -hmm. as a college student, the major I chose was philosophy, political science, and economics. Mm -hmm. And it was in the relationships between those disciplines 
that was much more interesting to me than becoming an expert in economics, an expert in philosophy, or an ex expert in political science. So as a CEO, you kind of need to know enough to ask smart questions around finance and sales and marketing and content and engineering and product, etc. But you don't need to be the expert in it. And I thought that was well suited for me because I tend to really enjoy generalist type stuff as opposed to expertise. I love that answer right there, David. And I'm going to go ahead and backtrack just a little bit, just a little bit for everybody out there listening. I know you were talking about how you majored in three things, but what I want to know is right now you're at the top of the total pole. You're at the top. You're where people want to be right now. Please take me back down to the bottom, back when you first started. What was your process like? What was step one and what did what what brought you to where you are today? Sure. Huh. Um, from a when I started college, I quickly realized that many college students look very similar to one another in terms of their backgrounds. You know, I was a camp counselor. I did a whole bunch of, bunch of typical stuff that, that students do. Mm -hmm. And I realized that the only way that I could really differentiate myself was with the work that I did while I was in college, the summer internships that I did, et cetera. And I made it an extremely high priority to get uh, a summer internship at a consulting firm. And I reached out to, no joke, over 100 different consulting firms. This was times when you wrote letters, by the way. This is pre-email. Mm. This wow. is in 1994, 1995. And I wrote letters to 100 consulting firms. And I got rejected rejection letters from every single consulting firm out there, McKinsey mm. and Bain and BCG, every consulting firm. Mm. And then I got a call back from one place called Mercer Management Consulting, which is actually uh, quite a, a well-reputed consulting firm. Mm -hmm. And they said, hey, you were the only person that's in Philadelphia that, that sent us a note. Our Philadelphia office could use someone. I'm interested in being an intern. So I guess my point is that you get lucky, but you could also create your own luck. And I created my luck by being very aggressive in reaching out to an enormous number of people. So I had as many different chances as possible to get lucky. Mm -hmm. So with that internship, it then became much easier to get that next internship. And with mm -hmm. that next internship, I got the next internship. Because of that, I had a whole opportunity of different job offers mm -hmm. when I graduated from college because of the fact that I had worked for three different summers and during the school year in business-related jobs. Everything mm -hmm. became easier Kind of because I, I think I set myself up for success by by um, kind of trying to find a way to differentiate um, with with these summer internships so it would be easier to find a job and then kind of things go on from there in positive ways. But I would just say, college students and post college students, a, a lot of applications look very similar and people look similar. Finding a way to really differentiate yourself so you stand out um, it, that that's kind of of critical importance and and don't just bank on one thing like find as many different options as possible because a lot of times luck plays a role and you just want to set yourself up to be lucky mm. i love that answer right there i love that answer right there david especially the fact that you miss all the shots that you don't take so if you would have never even taken a shot if you would have said dang after the first rejection letter dang this isn't going to work out then you would have never even had the opportunity to to put yourself in the position that you are today. So you got to keep going. You got to keep uh, shooting, even though you're failing, because one day you're going to hit one day you're going to hit. And I love that answer right there, David. Now, David, Thank you. Here's, Thank you. Here's, 
here's here's what I want from you. I want to go back even further than that. I know we went back uh, further. We went back to the bottom of the totem pole. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back even just a little bit more. What do you think were some childhood hobbies and habits that led you to what you're doing today? Sure. So I'm the oldest of uh, three uh, up to uh, of a brother and a sister. And when you're an oldest child, I think one of the things that it actually helps you to do is learn how to delegate things um, to your younger siblings. And I remember at a young age, I was like six, seven years old, like paying my younger siblings like 10 cents to like organize my baseball cards, things like that. So, so I think from a young age, I saw the value in not trying to do everything myself, mm. but to, but to realize that. Uh, you know, time is valuable. And if you could have someone younger than you, and at the time it was my brother who was like two years old, to mm -hmm. do something that he can actually do, or my sister who was four and a half years old, do something they could do, then then it makes life easier for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's part of being a good CEO is to learn how to delegate. And then as I got older, there were a whole bunch of things that I was into. I was very into math. I was very into statistics. I was very into fantasy baseball and fantasy football and something called stratomatic baseball and all these kind of games that involved a lot of negotiations. They involved um, numbers and statistics. They involved teamwork. Um, playing sports was also a big part of my life. Mm. Um, and I think all those things kind of helped me to move in the direction of business um, because a lot of success in business does have to do with the ability to, you know, as Dale Carnegie would say, win friends and influence people or communicate with people effectively to understand how to make data-driven decisions. And, and I think, you know, obviously not knowing it when I was seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old or in high school, I, I was always, I always had that kind of proclivity. Mm. Mm. I love it. I love it. I love it, David. Now I'm going to bring things right back to the present. What is an average day like for you? <laughs> I mean, the great thing again about being a CEO is that every meeting, <laughs> I could have 15 to 20 meetings a day. And I oftentimes do, which sounds kind of crazy. So my day is very meeting heavy. Mm -hmm. um, there are some leaders that like to spend their time thinking. When I'm mm -hmm. running, I'm thinking. When I'm showering, I'm thinking. I'm already spending lots of time outside of typical work hours thinking about work. But mm -hmm. my priority is being an effective communicator, learning about what's happening in the organization, sharing kind of vision, making sure we have kind of processes in place so that from an operation standpoint, we could we could understand kind of where we are in different steps, but I, I tend to have a lot of meetings. Most of my meetings are between 15 and 30 minutes. So I'm a big believer in kind of short meetings um, where I follow up, where I gain clarity on different ideas, but it could be everything from, you know, a strategy meeting to understand how we're going to um, build a new technology for meetup, you know, so that we could make it easier for people who are college students to create, you know, their own events to how are we going to market meetup kind of after the pandemic to get more people to get together in person, which is all about meetups, meetups, mission and vision, to how do we make the user experience on our apps, on iOS and on Android, you know, better for people who are in their 20s so that it's much easier to find the this awesome event that you want to go to. It's just every single thing is just completely different. And to me, that's a lot of fun. I spend a lot of my time in the meetings really trying to ask questions, really trying to understand what the strategy is and spend a lot less time dictating things and a lot more time just listening, learning, and just trying to probe. 
And, and that usually leads to much more effective conversations. Very, very, very nice. Now, David, what do you enjoy the most about what you do? I would definitely say at this stage in my career, I'm 46 years old. I've been working for whatever, 25 or so, a little less than 25 years. Um, it really is seeing people's careers thrive. Um, there are so many people at Meetup who started off as like customer service reps, an area of a company called Comex, and they moved and accelerated their careers and they're in product management, they're in marketing, they're in research. And that's important because they're the, they're, they're so close to the customer, you want them to move up in an organization. A former assistant of mine is now kind of leading major events um, for the company. And, and when you're able to help people to kind of further their career goals and further their life aspirations, mm -hmm. um, it's incredibly rewarding. And mm -hmm. it's something that's definitely the, the highlight of, of, of what I do each day. I love that answer right there, David. You know I did. But of course, <laughs> the back end of that question is, what do you enjoy the least? Well, the thing you enjoy the most and the least are usually the same thing. Everything's always a double-edged sword, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and for me, the people side is the greatest joy and oftentimes the greatest challenge because I I, I take the people side so seriously. And, and when there are um, employees who are unhappy, the employees who feel like they uh, potentially, if they don't have a voice, they feel like they're not growing their careers, they feel like we made a, a wrong decision. I think it's challenging at times when they may not fully understand the reason for a decision mm -hmm. um, and see kind of the bigger picture for why we might need to take certain actions. And people will sometimes make assumptions rather than really looking to understand the reasons behind things. And that probably mm -hmm. is my biggest pet peeve. I'd mm -hmm. rather people just ask, how come we're doing this? How come we're doing that? versus make those kind of assumptions and then make assumptions on those assumptions. And that's probably the thing I probably enjoy the least, which is having to handle situations where people are perceiving um, decisions that are made and not giving the benefit of the doubt per se. So I would say that's probably my, my biggest frustration. Sounds, sounds like a lot of politics there, Dave. It sounds like a lot of politics there. Well, no, thank God. We don't have actually much politics at all. It's, it's more that um, we always want people to ask questions. And when mm. people don't ask questions, bad things happen, is mm. what I would say. Mm. I love that. I love that right there, David. Now, this next question right here is my absolute favorite. And that is, do you think that grades mattered in school for the success that you have in your career today? To some extent, yes. And let me explain. I am a huge believer in the A minus B plus, meaning, People who are perfectionists and always have to strive for that A plus and that 100% actually mm. oftentimes end up doing worse when it comes to business and in life in general. You can't live a life where you're a total perfectionist and you strive for everything to be perfect because life is imperfect and mm. work is imperfect and you can't hold people responsible to be perfect. At the same time, you know, if you're getting C's and you're expecting C's from others, that's also not a path to success. So mm. like my grade point average in high school was exactly in between A minus and B plus. My grade point average in college was in between an A minus and B plus. Mm. I, I, think, I think you want to do a certain level of work 
to provide great experiences and to succeed. But oftentimes people will go overboard and do too much and put too, have too much anxiety and put too much pressure on themselves. And that's also incredibly not healthy. So, so I think grades are a reflection of, of people's organizational skills, of people's ambitions and, and other factors that, that are related and correlated to how they succeed in business, but they're not perfectly correlated. And you can have someone drop out of college, drop out of high school and be the absolute best engineer or best CEO on the planet. Mm. Um, but I think there's definitely some kind of correlation. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, David, this next question, I'm just going to break down for you just a little bit, just because this word gets tossed around a little willy nilly. And that is, what do you feel that your impact is? And when I say impact, I mean, what are you devoted to? What is your devotion? Yeah, I love it. So I think it was brought out even more during the pandemic. The issue of loneliness mm -hmm. is something that is very serious, especially among Gen Zers, especially mm -hmm. among college students today. Over 60% of Gen Zers regularly feel lonely. That's mm -hmm. a terrifying number. And that was before the pandemic. With the pandemic, it was like 80% of people regularly feel lonely. Mm -hmm. And and what I would say I devote myself to, what Meetup devotes itself to, is curing the loneliness epidemic. How can we help people to find their people? How can mm -hmm. we help people to build community for others? And what we did is we made becoming a Meetup organizer free for any person who's a .edu, has a .edu email address, is a college student or a recent college graduate, because we want people to build community and not have any kind of barriers to it. So I would say my greatest impact is how could if how could we cure the loneliness epidemic, which frankly is much worse than the COVID pandemic that we're all in today. I love it. I love that answer right there. And David, you have been answering these questions absolutely perfectly all interview long. But we are down to that last question. And that is. If there was one, just one piece of advice that you could give to somebody out there listening right now who wants to be in the position that you're in today, what would that be? Sure. Life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Sorry to be so cliched. Mm. Things go up. Things go down. Mm. Don't get too high in yourself when things go up mm. and don't go too down on yourself when things are challenged. Every person who looks like they have the perfect life doesn't. Mm. And everyone has ups and downs in life. And and it's key to understand that as long as you're in a, a place closer to where you want to be in a year or two years from now, even mm. if there's hiccups and bumps in the road, just ride those bumps and you'll be better for it. Mm. And I think everybody is going to really appreciate that last piece of advice that you just gave out right there, David. And I got to thank you again one more time just for coming on the interview and sharing all that great pieces of advice, that great story. But David, I need something from you. I need one more thing from you. Sure. I need something that I could put down in that link in the description below so that my audience can reach yours, whether it's a website, social media. I don't care if it's a book, David, something that I can leave down there in the description so that my audience can reach yours. Yeah, I would, I would go to meetup.com. I would go to meetup.com. Um, that's our, that's our, that's our audience. That's how we help people to find their people. Um, and, and I think that's the place to go.
Thank all you. Right. All right. And David I, and meetup.com, make sure that you hit that link down in the description below. Before I started the podcast, meetup.com was our meet, the meetup app. I was actually using the meetup app to try to start one of my businesses. So please, nice. I highly recommend hitting that link in the description below using the power of meetup because it is good stuff. And again, David has been given excellent, excellent, excellent advice all interview long. But as you know, folks, there are three types of work. A job, a career, and a calling. Most people have a job. You're lucky if you find your career, but you are truly, truly blessed if you find your calling. And I really hope that me and David helped you find it here today, folks. That is a wrap. Boom. If you like today's episode, but feel like you still need an extra push, make sure to follow me on Clubhouse for free confidence coaching at Kojo the Goat. Again, that's at Kojo the Goat on Clubhouse. Subscribe, leave a comment, and make sure to follow all our social media channels at YI Network. All inquiries, please email kojo at yinetwork.com. Talk to you soon, guys.